Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch, fastball, pulled it. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Keith, and Chris. Oh, yeah. It's late night edition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a fantasy, after dark. fantasy baseball today after dark. It is 11 18. P- 11 19 p.m. It's just the clock just changed. Eastern time here. And we're giving you a deadline edition. And we have a sleepy Adam Azer and a very, very awake, very alive Scott White. What's up, awake, alive oh, Scott White? Well, I don't know if I'm awake and alive. Maybe a little caffeinated at this point. But uh, I'm I'm actually, this is kind of good. Like, people can't see it, obviously, because it's over Skype. But yeah. you, you got kind of an after-hours effect going on there over the camera. It looks like... It looks like, you know, when the power goes out in like an industrial building and like the generator kicks in and the backup lights come on. Uh-huh. That's what it looks like I'm looking at. Fred by please. Like telling me a ghost story at the campfire I with have the light shining on your face. The wor- watch this. Uh, watch watch this. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just turned on this oh, big light. Yeah. I just <laughs> Now you look like a superstar. I just turned on this big light that they gave me for video purposes because the lighting in this room is just absolutely terrible. But it's, it does create a nice little mood. All right, so this is mostly a trade deadline show, uh, but we are going to talk about Wednesday's action. Uh, Luis Castillo with a great bounce-back start. Mike Miner, another bad start. That's five pretty bad ones in a row for him. Herman Marquez, I forgot to look up his uh, start percentage. We definitely need to do that, so I'm going to do that in a second. Herman Marquez left with full body cramping. I guess if you go six <laughs> scoreless innings and strike out ten, your entire body at Coors Field is going at to Coors cramp. Field. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> he, he had to pay, be like carried off. He paid the price for having a great start at Coors Field. Um, we'll talk about that, but let's start. Before the trades, before all of it, Scott, a prospect is called up. Armand Marquez started in 68% of leagues, by the way. A prospect is called up. Dodgers starting pitching prospect Dustin May is going to debut on Friday at home against the Padres. What's up with that? Yeah, he's he's pretty exciting. He's had a good year at AAA, which you can't say about many pitchers. I mean, he spent most of the year at AA, but five starts at AAA, 230 ERA, less than a strikeout per. Um, so... 21 years old. I mean, it's it's they're they're kind of pushing him here. I feel like, and uh, the fact that he wasn't a big bat misser uh, at, at his latest stop in the minors makes me less than totally enthusiastic. But it's it's also we're also kind of at a point where you pursue upside anywhere it reveals itself at starting pitcher, and uh, a prospect call up would would fit the bill. Not rushing to Adam, but. But yeah, he's definitely a prospect, and he's getting a chance in uh, in a place where he'll get ample run support. Dustin May, Dustin May for the Dodgers, and I, you know I'm not sure what this is all about. Ross Stripling's on the IL, but he should be back pretty soon. Julio mm-hmm. Arias didn't last very long, but he had to make a start at Colorado on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. There's there's no obvious rotation opening, but also Walker Bueller was supposed to start on Friday, so this could just be a, a way. Of getting yeah. him an extra day. This yeah, is... that's another thing. It might be one and done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, again, definitely worth monitoring. If you're desperate for pitching help, doesn't hurt to take a flyer. But I'm not I'm not dropping anybody I greatly value for Dustin May. Okay. Uh, this is one of the problems with the after dark. Is like I just see the headline. We don't get to read the stories or anything like that. Uh, so we know the big headlines, Zach Greinke going to the Astros, Aaron Sanchez going to the Astros, Nick Castellanos to the Cubs, a lot of relievers changing places. Luke Jackson, if he was auditioning for his job tonight, he probably wasn't, but he, he <laughs> no. it's over. It's uh, over. It's over for Luke Jackson. Get out of here. Shit, see, caffeinated Scott White is really fun. Shane Green is a, a big winner. He has to be a big winner. Shane Green you know, is having a very nice year. He has a 118 ERA. He has four saves in June and July. We're into August now. It's August 1st, or it will be in 40 minutes. When you hear this, it'll be August 1st. He has four saves. He had 18 saves in the first two months of the season. 
So this could only be an upgrade for him. But who are some winners for you? Uh, by the way, Shane Green going to the Braves. Who are some winners yeah. for you, Scott? So Shane Green is a winner, of course. Uh, he's not 118 ERA good. Uh, you know, I, I would expect him to have an ERA over three over the final two months, but he is much better than Luke Jackson. Uh, frankly, I think Luke Jackson would have lost his job to the other reliever the Braves acquired. Uh, uh, um, Chris Martin. Chris Martin, yeah, uh, from the Rangers, if if they hadn't gone out and acquired Green. But, of course, Green's going to be the closer because he was doing a good job of that for the Tigers. The biggest winners, I think, are actually – two players who weren't traded. Uh, I'm actually doing in, in the middle of writing column right now, the biggest in winners, winners and losers at the trade deadline from fantasy perspective. And my number one winner is Josh Van Meter of the Reds who already looked like a big winner with the, uh, the Trevor Bauer, Yasiel Puig blockbuster outfield spot opening up there for him. And then the Reds traded Scooter Jeanette so now they don't have a second baseman either. Van Meter's a, an infielder, uh, a natural infielder. So he might just take over there. Either way, I mean, he's been, you know, he had two more walks today, three home yeah. runs in his past seven games. Stole uh, base today, he, too. He, yeah, he, he 1,100 steal a bag. guesses, AAA. Yeah. Definitely intrigued. Quadruple eligible. Yeah, yeah, he's eligible everywhere. For, uh, second, third, short, and outfield. And uh, this is Van Meter, who I actually picked up yesterday after the Puig trade in two leagues, two deeper Roto leagues. So, you know, there's that. But he's, you know, he could he could be maybe be like a 15 pace, a pace of 15 steals, something like that. So he's got two so far. So, all right, Josh Van Meter's a winner for you. Was it? Did you say another one or, or were you teasing so That's it? number one, but the number two on that list is also going to be someone who wasn't traded, Jose LeClerc. Oh, uh, yeah, Sean- you know what, man? I'm, I'm think I'm thinking Brandon Workman would be a better nominee. I don't think so. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that? Is that it's from the from, Prestige or something like that? Oh, it's from Home Improvement. Come oh, on, we've had this conversation before. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm not really a Home Improvement guy, but yeah. Right. Yeah, but this was part of. You want to relive the whole conversation? No. <laughs> you looked at the Emmys at one best lighting. Did it really? I, yeah, yeah. You you dropped the the last time we had this conversation. You dropped the funniest line I think you've ever dropped on the podcast. Wow, and I don't remember it. What was it? One Emmy for best lighting, and you said best lighting. You couldn't even see Wilson's face. <laughs> yes, and boy, I could use the uh, lighting guy here at my house. By the way. Um, as we've already Gosh, established, I wish I could ever be that quick-witted. It was it was amazing. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. That really means a lot to me. Okay, so uh, you say the clerk, I say workman. Uh, but what about isn't isn't uh, is Sean Kelly just going to get that job back soon? Maybe. I mean, we, he doesn't have a timetable for returning from a strained biceps, which can be, you know, it, it's 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 often not a quick thing. And LeClerc, it, it seems like every time they flirt with moving him in the closer role again, something bad happens. And so you may be surprised to learn that since the start of May, he has a 3.16 ERA, a one whip, and like 14K per nine. Yeah. And he yeah. certainly looked like a closer again. Uh, with, with Martin there, it was a toss-up who'd get the saves, but now Martin is with the Braves, and LeClerc's really the only candidate, and I think he could take it and run with it. Is there any reason to continue to hold on to Chris Martin, or do you feel like it's it's for sure that Shane Green is the Braves' closer? For sure, you know, only like in a deeper league scenario where you're you're rostering backup closers in case of injury. Oh yeah, I did a lot of that in this one league. Look at those are the relievers I own in this league because I was like, oh, there's going to be some trades going down. I'm gonna at least some of these guys are going to be closers. I have Edwin Diaz; he's still a closer. I have Luke Jackson, Anthony Swarzak, and Chris Martin. And I had Martin before the trade. Uh, they're all not going to be closers. I had Seth Lugo because I thought the the Mets would trade uh, Edwin Diaz. He's not going to be a closer. I am going to keep Seth Lugo, though, because he's been damn good. And I have Sam Dyson because I thought maybe Will Smith would get traded. In fact, Sam Dyson got traded, and he will not be a closer. So I played a lot of 
stash that reliever, and I lost every round of that one. Uh, so I will be looking for some reinforcements. And the, like, I don't really think I'm, I'll check right now if Joe Jimenez is available in this league. I don't know that I want Joe Jimenez. He's been just so bad. Uh, he's available. You know what? I guess I should pick him up. There's no point. Yeah, the incoming closers. So, so basically, uh, three teams traded their closers. Or, yeah, it was three teams. It was the Mariners who got rid of both their closer and backup closer, Ronis Elias and and uh, Hunter Strickland. Hunter Strickland both went to the Nationals. Mm-hmm. The Tigers traded their closer. Um, and. Uh, yeah, the Marlins. The Mar- Nick Anderson never even got a chance to close, and they already traded him to uh, oh, right. to the Rays in one of the more surprising deals. The Rays gave up a name prospect in Jesus Sanchez for Trevor Richards and Nick Anderson, which is kind of surprising. But yeah, all three of those uh, vacancies are going to be filled by, in, in some cases, we have no idea. Uh, you know, Maybe Joe Jimenez makes sense for the Tigers, but none of them look like they're any good. Yeah, Buck Farmer's been better than Joe Jimenez, at least recently. Uh, Jimenez does have, uh, you know, his last six appearances have been good, but that's really nothing. Uh, Buck Farmer, July, with a 154 ERA. And then for Seattle, uh, we could be looking... Sorry, I have it lost in in my page of notes. Do you have a name for Seattle? I have a couple of candidates. I don't. I, I know... Like they have some players, some pitchers on the IL who might make sense, but obviously they're hurt. Um, roster resource shows Anthony Bass. That's that was the one, yeah, in the role, yeah. But I, you know, I'm sure it'll be a lot of the mixing and matching. Whatever they do have save chances, which might be pretty sparse anyway. Keep an eye on Austin Adams. He is on the IL. Yep, but he's got yep, 40, 41 strikeouts and twenty three and a third. And, and uh, you know, I, Anthony Bass is probably the right guy to get. You know what? I'm going to pick up Anthony Bass, too. <laughs> What's the point of rostering uh, Swarzak and Chris Martin? I'm going to. Yeah, no. I mean, Swarzak has actually kind of fallen off yep. here. Yep. All right. So, you know, instead of going by my list here, maybe we should address some of the, like, blockbuster trades that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Zach Greinke. There were a lot of them. Zach Greinke's got to be a winner, right? Yeah, I mean, any pitcher going to the Astros by default is a winner just because they have such a good track record of getting the most out of anybody. I'm not sure 35, well, you know, Justin Verlander, I guess, was old when he went over there, and he's found a new gear, too. Uh, Zach Granke's bounced a lot in his career and, and shown he, he's he's good anywhere, so I don't expect his value to change that much, but it, it can't go down. Right. Um, so. What was one of the other biggest trades? The most surprising trade was uh, Zach Gallen, who just seemed like he was getting settled in the Marlins rotation, back-to-back seven-inning starts, and making me feel like a dope for saying right before that that it wasn't worth rostering anymore because he's only going five innings for the Marlins. How are you going to win that way? Well, now not only is he going more than five innings, but he's not doing it for the Marlins. He's doing it for the Diamondbacks, who are a respectable team. Uh, it's it's interesting. They traded their ace, but they got Zach Gallen and Mike Leak. So their rotation still looks solid. And, uh, I mean, Gallen, you know, Gallen is a, is a winner because of that. Uh, and by extension, Eliezer Hernandez is a winner because his rotation spot appears assured even when Pablo Lopez is ready to return. If you were in an NL only league, would you spend more money on Nick Castellanos or Mike Leak? Castellanos to the Cubs, Leak to oh, the Castellanos. I mean, Leak, we know who Leak is, right? Yeah. Like, Control artist, uh, but but efficient. here's but, so when he ha- has a good start, it looks it tends to look really good because he pitches deep. But the bad starts are awful because yeah. he gives he, up a lot of contact. He's Mike Leak, but but Castellanos is a bad fielder that they can't put at DH. Not that the, the, the Tigers were doing that too often, but they've got so many moving parts. Yeah. Does, does Castellanos is he still an everyday player? I assume so, but I, I mean it's it's fair to wonder. Uh, I they could just move Jason Hayward to center. I mean, they are sacrificing something defensively that way, but that would seem like the easiest solution. Uh, 
I would guess Hayward is more likely to lose playing time than Castellanos himself, but I, I could be wrong. Like the thing about Castellanos is, is rarely does the change of scenery argument really come to fruition, and maybe it won't in his case either. But it, it seemed like the ways he's fallen off this year are supporting cast related. He was all alone in the Tigers lineup. Strikeout, walk rate, line drive rate, fly ball rate, they were all the same, basically. Uh, RBI and runs were way down. Home runs were down too, but not in a way that's like, uh, okay, this guy is losing power and he's not going to get it back. Like not, like you could see him, you could see a, a improved lineup around him, rejuvenating him completely. So his stock is up, not in a huge way, but. Definitely up, and 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 an NL only league. I I would think he's going to be must start. Uh, so Castellanos, you know, he had complained about not complained, but he had commented about how tough it is to play in Detroit in that ballpark. So he will get a certainly a better park. And the funny thing is, like he's been much much better on the road this year. But actually, the two previous years he was better at home. But I, I don't know. He's kind of a he was kind of a doubles hitter. Maybe he'll have more home run power leaving. Detroit. I just didn't really see that. That I could. I I didn't. I just looked at the OPS. I didn't look into the specific numbers with home runs or whatever. But the last two years he had a higher OPS at home. Uh, all right. So I'll give you some other trades, and you tell me what you think about them. Houston getting Aaron Sanchez and Joe Joe be a genie tonight. Now is on Houston. I mean, I'm sure be a genie is going to be a lockdown setup man now. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what the Astros do. Actually, I think Aaron Sanchez, Aaron Sanchez might be the lockdown setup man. Well, he has been before. Remember, before he ever entered the rotation, and maybe that's what they're thinking for him. It's not clear. Like now that they have Granky, it's obvious who one through four are. Right, Verlander, Cole, Granky, uh, Wade Miley. But that fifth spot, Urquidy had put together Jose Urquidy a couple good starts until today when he gave up two three-run homers. Uh, they also have Rogelio Armenteros, who deserves another look. Uh, actually, Forrest Whitley finally had a great start in the minors last time out, so I don't think he's entirely out of play. Uh, I, yeah. I think it's more likely than not Aaron Sanchez goes to the bullpen, but I don't really know. If Brad Peacock is on the IL, maybe yeah. can get back in the rotation. Um, oh, yeah, but Orkidi did not help his cause tonight. Okay, how about... Well, the Nationals acquired a bunch of relievers, but they're all going to set up for John yep. Little. Tampa Bay acquired Jesus Aguilar uh, for Jake Faria. Yeah, because they needed another first base option, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what's interesting, what I think is most interesting about this, obviously Aguilar's value shot, Nate Lowe's probably, uh, maybe Travis Darno catches more. I, d- I don't think they take him out of the lineup. But... Um, it seemed like the chain re- it seems like the chain reaction here is Ryan Braun is going to get a look at first base again which is kind of unexpected because Eric Thames had been playing the most first base for the Brewers uh but you mentioned the prospect call up at the top of the show uh Dustin, Trevor May Dustin May Dustin May gosh I'm having a hard time with first names today uh yeah dustin may you could have easily gone with trent grisham instead because trent grisham former first round pick was rated the top prospect right away did not get off to a good start in his minor league career but he has turned things around completely at triple a this year and uh you know 26 home runs 12 steals an obp over 400 guy with really good plate discipline they're calling him up. I presume to play regularly with Braun, or at least semi-regularly with Braun bouncing between outfield and first base. So Grisham, somebody to get on your radar, especially in five outfielder leagues. But you, I think there's the think, upside from factor in three outfielder leagues as well. Do you think I should drop Lewis Robert for him? I mean, bird in the hand, right? Yes. What's I'm his not, name? <laughs> Trent Grisham. <laughs> Gresham with a with an E or Grisham with a G R I S H A M. Okay. And he had a different name when he was drafted. It wasn't Grisham. He changed his last name. Interesting. Can't remember what it was though. Okay. Having a lot of. Here's an interesting setup, but I can't remember <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the payoff. I'm having a lot of those moments too. Okay. I was hoping that after the trade deadline was over, they were gonna be like, "Hey, guess what? We're calling Lewis Robert up." 
but it's not happening apparently. It could. I don't think it will, but it could. Okay, Trent Grisham. Let's let's do it, Trent Grisham. Um, what else we got here? Philadelphia getting Corey Dickerson from Pittsburgh. The, he'll be an upgrade over, over their outfield, other than Bryce Harper. Yeah, I suspect he's still sitting against left-handers. Uh, yeah. It's a better park, obviously, but if he's just a platoon bat with only modest power, I don't see him being particularly useful. Oakland got Tanner Roark for Jamison Hanna. So if you were in an AL-only league, would you want Tanner Roark? Is he good enough? Uh, I I mean, it's a big park, but he's not. Home runs aren't really his problem. I, I could see I could see him being better in Oakland than he was in Cincinnati, but I don't think it's going to be a huge upgrade. I don't think he's going to be must own or anything like that. Tanner Roark, okay. Does that keep Anthony DiScafani in the rotation? I think it probably does. Yeah. Okay, because they got Bauer, so somebody had to bounce. Oh, yeah, Bauer. Somebody had to go. Yeah. Now, Desclavani's pitched well. Um, I know Tyler Malley. IL. Yeah, he's on the IL, so um, I don't know who took his place. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think Desclavani's job's in jeopardy whatsoever. Okay. Who, t- who took Malley's place? Malley's, oh, I guess it was Bauer, but no, I think I'm forgetting someone. Uh, Roark, yeah, whatever, who cares? Roster resource is not loading. The roster resource takes a little while. Come on, Jason Martinez, get your act together. It takes a little oh, while. Oh, Alex Wood. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, Desclafani's safe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, Scott, what else? San Francisco getting Scooter Jeanette. Okay, that's the big, here's the biggest loser <laughs> yeah. of the trade deadline. You could not ask for a worse venue change than this. Cincinnati to San Francisco, where only three players since that park opened have had 30 homer seasons. I, I checked the stat from the other day. Bonds did it five times, Jeff Kent twice, Rich Aurelia once. That's it. Nobody since like 2006 or whatever it was. I think even earlier than that. So, uh, you know, not that Scooter Jeanette was a 30 homer guy to begin with, but just 20 in that environment. It's like, I, I wouldn't expect him to do that. And by the way, he also has to overcome the fact that he has looked horrendous since coming yeah. back from this uh, groin injury that sidelined him half the year. You were holding out hope because of the past couple years, but it was already getting hard to do with so many, so many solid second base options emerging. And now I think it's just a lost cause. Like, he's, he's not... I don't. I I can't see this going well for him in that in that park. Hey, by the way, today's sponsor is ZipRecruiter. Go to ZipRecruiter.com/strike. Get that get that hiring process started. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com/strike. Excellent way to find great candidates. Let ZipRecruiter sort through all those resumes for you. Daniel Hudson was traded to Washington along with Rowena Elias and Hunter Strickland. So it's uh, you know it is Ken Giles' job. But he's currently dealing with this elbow issue. So they have Tim Meza and Justin Schaefer that you could look at. But no, it's it's Ken Giles. And also, I'm gonna, I might struggle with pronunciations because you know, I just haven't had time to look them up today since we're doing the show at night. Mostly the <laughs> prospects. I'm probably just not going to say the prospects' names. Uh, and that's uh, So Arizona acquired Zach Gallen, as we mentioned, for Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, big shortstop prospect, but toolsy more than uh, skillsy. Gotcha. Which, uh, Chris Towers is not excited about, and and frankly, I wouldn't be either. Like Zach Gallen looked like a you know a, a finished product and a very good one, and Jazz Chisholm looks like a a, a project that you know maybe maybe fifty fifty he becomes. A quality major. I don't. The, the Giants. The Giants today were very strange. You know, their strength is really their bullpen, and mm-hmm. they gave up Melanson. And they gave up Sam Dyson. I had Will Smith as a loser. Not a big one, but I mean, it's great that he stays as a closer. But getting the ball to him in the ninth inning with a lead might be a little bit tougher now. Maybe it's the same for Madison Bumgarner. It's a bit of a stretch to call Will Smith a loser, but the Giants, yeah. the Giants, no, I kind of feel like he's a winner actually. Well, uh, I mean, he's definitely a winner because he could have 
gotten yeah. traded and not. Been I was a I was hesitant to rank him like his stats suggest he should be ranked because I wasn't counting on him being a closer all season. Right now, obviously, I am. That's that's obviously something that we should bring up too. Is uh, you know, the trade deadline usually when it comes, you know, you're you're not you're not uh, you're not feeling this com- total sense of relief that okay things are are the way they are now nothing's changing because we've seen some pretty big deals happen in August in the past Justin Verlander himself that deal happened in August but um, those are not allowed anymore this was a true deadline players are where they are and that's it and so uh, think, in addition think... to Will Smith others who yeah, right who we can feel confident are uh, are at least going to retain the same role they had. Josh Hader. I don't, I didn't think that was clear. Josh, uh, Taylor Rogers for the, mm-hmm. the yeah. twins. Well, the it, well, actually let's talk about that because that's where Sam Dyson went. Is Sam Dyson good enough and, and conventional enough to be that ninth inning guy? Actually, I didn't even think about that until right now, but he is. Well, neither did I look at you thinking on the, again, quick on your feet. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. You know what? I'll tell you what. I would not drop if you were stashing Sam Dyson. I wouldn't drop him just yet because I think they would not mind using Taylor Rogers for more than one inning. No, that seemed to be how they wanted to use him. And considering they also recently acquired Sergio Romo for a setup role, you know that you'd think they'd prefer to keep the left-hander flexible. I I don't foresee a situation where Sam Dyson is just the closer, but could Rogers start splitting saves with him and or Romo? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, well, me too, because I just thought of it. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll, we'll wrap up the trade deadline. Some smaller trades being made. Jed Jerko going to the Dodgers. Does that mean anything uh, against lefties, righties, whatever? Juggling the lineups? I don't know. Uh, Drew Pomerantz going to Milwaukee, who, by the way, had Jordan Lyles starting for them tonight. Uh, and we'll also, yeah, we'll talk about Wednesday's games. Uh, Lucas Giolito faced a weaker lineup, and he did really well against them. Uh, Ramon Marquez, his entire body cramped up, as we mentioned. So, uh, oh, Adam Duvall homered again, and Jesse Winker's having a nice little stretch here. And do you know the other A Nola, Austin Nola? We're mm-hmm. going to talk about him. He started 11 straight games for Seattle. That's coming up next on Fantasy Baseball Today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Well, good day for the Twins. Good day for the Nationals. Good day for the Braves. Great day for the Astros. Yankees did nothing. Red Sox did nothing. I'll give the Yankees credit for this, though. At least they... Got Enguin Encarnacion a month ago. I don't know why everybody has to wait until July 31st to make their trades. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely uh, definitely the Astros are, are 100% the favorites. I thought they were the favorites before, but they are 100% the yeah, favorites Astros, in the AL. In the AL. Oh, yeah. I mean, before you even get to their lineup, just Verlander, Cole, Greinke. Yeah. You know, they might be able, <laughs> they might be able to to win a win a best of they might be able to sweep a best of seven series, scoring like ten runs. Yeah, and they'll score ten runs a game because like they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, some other trades. Houston did acquire Martin Maldonado. Uh, he's gonna be a setup man for them. No, he's a catcher, and they sh- they shipped out Tony Kemp. And who was the other kind of? 
meh outfielder they gave up in the Blue Jays to the Blue Fisher. Jays. Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we saw Derek Fisher, Chris Martin. Are you just Sam- naming people who also share a name with other famous people? <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm doing. Uh, d- Tony Kemp, d- does he still have like? Uh, Derek, do Derek Fisher or Tony Kemp have uh, any any hope? Fantasy relevance? I think Fisher could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Blue Jays uh, have. You know, they got a lot of infielders they're calling up, less fewer outfielders. And Derek Fisher's a guy who's put up good numbers in the minors. Deserving of a longer look. I would uh, probably not be picking him up outside of AL-only leagues, but, you know, keep an eye on him. Yeah, Houston uh, got, uh, gave up Derek Fisher. They got Aaron Sanchez, Joe Biagini, and a minor league outfielder, Cal Stevenson. I guess that was the Fisher price. Oh man! Milwaukee acquired Drew Pomerantz. <laughs> That's the second funniest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and relief pitcher Ray Black from San Francisco for infielder Mauricio Dubon. Uh, Pomerantz will primarily be a reliever for Milwaukee. The Padres acquired Carl Edwards Jr. Excuse me, Carl Edwards Jr. from Chicago for ah what another famous share you know guy who's more famous than him with the same name. Is that a race car driver? Carl yeah. Edwards. Okay. <laughs> it's also a, uh, you know, if you just go Carl's Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Fast that. food establishment. Uh, Arizona acquired John Ryan Murphy, catcher. Oh, no, wait. Where did he go? He was on Arizona. Where did he go? John Ryan he Murphy. He went to the Braves. Oh, he went to the Braves. That's what I thought. What's up with that? They got Brian McCann. Brian McCann's been so good. So this was interesting and, and a good point, and I, I wonder... I wonder if other teams are going to be kicking themselves. Uh, one of the side effects of no August trades is somebody who plays a position like catcher gets hurt. You you can't just scramble and find a replacement on the cheap anymore. Hmm. You know you have to rely on who's in your system. So I, I thought it was a pretty smart move for the Braves. Obviously not fantasy relevant, but. Mm-hmm. You know, take care of that need before it becomes a need. And the Dodgers acquired Jed Jerko from St. Louis and relief pitcher Adam Kalarik. And that's uh, that's the, those are the smaller trades. Uh, do you think what happens to the Seattle rotation with Mike Leake? Uh, does Justice Sheffield have a chance? I would guess so. Yeah, this is, I'm glad we had this conversation before <laughs> I finish my column. Because, there you go. No, he's. He uh, was a disaster at AAA and then got sent down to AA and has dominated AA without the walk issues that have been present throughout his minor league career. So obviously AAA has proven to be a difficult environment to pitch in with the introduction of juice baseballs, especially especially the Pacific Coast League. And uh, maybe he just makes the leap st- straight from AA. A 169 ERA and eight starts there. Yeah, not, but the thing is, like, he's going to the same environments as AAA, so... No, it's not the me... same environment as AAA. What do you mean? It's got the same baseball. It, it may have the same baseball, but that doesn't mean it's the same environment. Well, the parks are smaller, right, in AAA? Yeah. At the PCL. No, PCL was always one of the most hitter-friendly l- l- leagues in the minors, uh, even before the baseballs were introduced. So it's, you know... You you think back to like Noah Syndergaard, what his numbers looked like in the PCL before the Mets called him up. They would they didn't look good, and uh, you know there there have been countless examples of that. And and then you throw in the juice baseball, and there's you know obviously even more reason to not take the numbers too seriously. I think I think Double uh, A is what he's done at Double A Sheffield is much more indicative of his major league readiness. Well, yeah, okay, so Justice Sheffield, if you want to add him, it's J-U-S-T-U-S, Justice. Like, just us, Sheffield. Uh, So, you know, let's talk about that baseball. Because last time uh, we spoke about Masahiro Tanaka, let's go to the rotation for today's game, for Wednesday's games. Uh, I, You know, he's coming off this start where he gave up 12 runs and three and a third at Boston, and I said, I expect him to be like a 380-ish ERA guy. And be, you know, pretty solid for your team going forward. And then I, after I said that, I read something pretty interesting. His splitter just hasn't been very good this year. 
And one of the reasons for it, they think, is the seams on the baseball are lower than they had been in the past. And he went into this start against Arizona and changed the grip on his split-finger fastball and apparently got a lot of swings and misses on the splitter, but still didn't pitch very well. Four innings, five hits, two runs, three walks, four strikeouts against Arizona. So I did think that was interesting. Changed the grip on his splitter, but obviously like the, the baseball is giving Tanaka issues that he's trying to adjust to. He's at Baltimore and at Toronto next week. If he can't do well in those starts, then we have a serious problem on our hands. But I don't know, Scott. I mean, that was um, kind of a kind of an interesting explanation. Not something. Even if he did change the grip to get the splitter more effective, I do wonder if that cost him. Well, but then he wouldn't use the same grip, obviously, well, for his other pitches. So that doesn't been, make that doesn't make any sense. It's been the same ball all year. So this has been. With the splitter grip, it's been an issue. No, uh, uh, I'm sorry. He changed the grip, you know, for this start. So, yeah, the splitter has been an issue because the seams haven't been as high. He hasn't been able to get the same type of bite. So all year. I mean, that's why his all strikeouts have been down? Yeah I, yeah, I think so, and just why his effectiveness has been down. And it, it, it's been well documented with him, at least, you know, amongst Yankees fans. The splitter just has not been as good. Not even close. Yeah, so... I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, what was weird about it is, you know, he had a 3.21 ERA six starts ago. Yeah. Even though the strikeout rate was down, uh, when in years past the rates were good and his ERA was on the high side, so you know he went from being one of the biggest underachievers to now to was one of the biggest overachievers, and it's really come back to bite him lately. Um, you know effectiveness of the splitter I guess explains why the strikeout rate's down but I, the evaluation is probably the same in that you know he was due for a downturn I think it's been a little uh, a little too much all at once and uh, he probably has some better days ahead but he is not without that splitter he's not like fringe ace and probably doesn't even you know be deserve to be considered like a must start option anymore. Right. Yeah. Big week for for Tanaka at Baltimore at Toronto. You gotta you gotta crush this week. Luis Castillo crushed it. Jose Barrio seven scoreless with eleven strikeouts at Miami. He crushed it. Castillo was seven innings, one run, seven Ks against Pittsburgh. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu and Irma Marquez combined to give up zero runs. But Ryu had, at Colorado, Ryu had just one strikeout. Ryu's been amazing. He's got a 166 ERA. It's ridiculous. But the last time he was at Colorado, he gave up seven runs in four innings. Um, so those guys, Castillo, Barrios, Ryu, and Marquez, they were all very good, Scott. They were. This was Marquez's best home start. One of three good home starts he's had all year. Uh, yeah, I'm not... I feel like he's a good pitcher in a bad situation. And while well, I, I, I think it's easy to say just sit him in his home starts, you wind up kicking yourself when he does something like this. So I don't no, know. Sit I, him in I his guess home that's starts. still the approach to take. Sit him in his home starts. Like you said, there have been three good ones. Sit him in I, his home starts. I understand. His whole I, body cramped up scott this took everything out of him everything there have been three good ones but how many like so bad that he scored negative point ones have well there been? negative point but that's such a low bar because you're going to replace him with somebody who's probably not going to score negative points can you yeah i think so i'd like to think i could find even a one start streamer is going to do that i don't know just simple like what was what was armand marquez's home era going into this start it's so, so if if a third of his starts at home are ace-like. Let's say a third of them are okay, and a third of them are terrible. He had a 7.07 ERA at home. That's all I need to know. He has 7.07 going into the start. You sit or Bob Marquez at home. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna keep doing. All right, you keep doing it. Uh, I I I will just say, and I don't own him in that many leagues. I'm not even sure. I, do I own him in any leagues? I can't remember. I own him in one league at least, and I have yet to sit him this season. And maybe, maybe, 
And you're in last place. That's how I've approached it. (laughs) Okay. uh, And then how about Miles Michaelis? So you're starting to, you know, get pretty confident in him. He's got four straight quality starts. He's been pretty good for, I don't know, probably like a month and a half for Michaelis. Yeah, but these are like quality starts that are just barely quality starts, right? And from a guy who doesn't give you strikeouts? I th- I would say a little bit better than that. It, it, definitely not the strikeouts, as you know, for sure. But uh, This, this I, wasn't a quality start today. It wasn't? What was it? He was a third of an inning shy. Oh, just give him the quality start, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, five and two thirds. Six innings, three and runs, six innings, three and runs. He did have a complete game shutout. Another six innings, three and runs. Sure, you're right. It, feel, it feels a right. little like Chris Archer to me, honestly. Without the Ks. Yes, Chris Archer's getting more Ks, but it's giving up more base runners. But in terms of runs over innings, it feels a little like Chris Archer to me. Okay, and Mike Miner, you getting concerned yet? Five bad ones in a row. Uh, a healthy amount of concern. Uh, he's gone from having a 2.40 ERA to a a 3.21 ERA during this rough stretch, and his xFIP's over four. You know, uh, I mean, we probably should have been talking him down a little more than we were in retrospect. I was excited by the swinging strike rate, which was what it was during that awesome year of relief with the Royals two years ago instead of what it was as a starter last year. And so I didn't even look that closely at the XFIP, but it's not very good. It's it's not, like, bad. Oh, my gosh, he's headed toward being dropped like Zach Eflin. But it's not good. Okay. Well, Mike Miner, you're going to start him at Cleveland next week? That's a pretty tough matchup these days. It, it is. It is. But I would. I am... I am not thinking uh, there are too many people who can really consider sitting Mike Miner given their alternatives at starting pitcher. All right, we're going to talk about some hitters like Adam Duvall and Bo Bichette and even Mike Talkman after a quick break on Fantasy Baseball today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Well, during the break, we were just talking. Scott has been very consumed by his dynasty league. He's the commissioner of this dynasty league. A lot of yesterday or today, or, you know, same trade deadline as baseball. I don't know. Yesterday, yep. today, I keep yep. getting confused. And the not, clock. Not to the hour, but to the day. The, so it, we just, the clock just struck midnight. The deadline is here. Yeah, it is midnight. It is officially Thursday for us. Yeah. I love it. I love how invested Scott is. I mean, that is like, that's what you want from your fantasy analyst, man. Scott is living I mean, this it. League is, this league is serious, right? 24 team dynasty league, minor league rosters, uh, you know, salary. And the thing is, like, trade this trade deadline, a lot of action happens in it because trading doesn't. There's no off-season trading. Trading doesn't open again until after the free agent auction and minor league draft the following year. So everybody, you, you know, keeper considerations have to like all your keeper considerations have to be factored in right now. And uh, it's it gets to be pretty intense. I made a couple big trades today. Wanted to make more. Give me your. I was afraid your... actually talking about our uh, the players who moved. I might make reference to somebody who got traded in the <laughs> dynasty league as if he was traded in real life. What was your biggest move today? I acquired Clayton Kershaw. That's pretty big. Going for it, huh? Pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I gave up. I gave up a much cheaper to keep. Carlos Carrasco, but not necessarily cheap to keep, just cheaper than Kershaw. Um, Carlos Carrasco and uh, 
<laughs> second player whose name went for, I can't remember who it was, but uh, yeah, it was. It, it made sense for a non-contender to do it, and it made sense for me as a contender to get Kershaw. I also got Lance Lynn, so really fortified my rotation in a 24-team league. Cool. I was trying to make a play for Matt Boyd. Really tried hard for Matt Boyd, who is cheap to keep and obviously looking like an ace. But the guy wanted Ian Anderson, who as a minor leaguer is free to keep and I think is the future ace of the Braves. He is dominating at double A right now. I think he's going to be, in the end, the best pitcher they developed during this rebuild. And I couldn't pull the trigger on that. So, mm, you know, I think Kershaw and Lynn getting them both a pretty good day, even though I didn't pull it off with Boyd. That's fun, man. And I still have Ian Anderson to show for it. So that's not bad. That's really fun. Okay, so, Scott, I am, I'm, like, legitimately falling asleep. Let's get going here. You give me your thoughts on all these players. Adam Duvall homered again. He's 20% owned. Yeah, so four home runs in five days since being recalled. A 29 homers at AAA. We've seen him be a 30-homer guy twice in the majors. I think this is pretty interesting. They they clearly value him in the lineup more than Austin Riley right now. Would you rather have Adam Duvall or that Grisham guy you just told me about? I would rather have Grisham. Grisham. By the way, the other player I traded with Carrasco was a cheap-to-keep Tommy fan. Gotcha. So three players on the wrong side of 30 getting traded. Uh, Bo Bichette. It's hard not to like Bo Bichette, Boba Fett. Three for five with a home run, and so far he is batting 462 with 769 slugging percentage in three games with one walk but only one strikeout. Very good. Bo Bichette, 66% owned. Yeah, I think the upside was high enough that you take a flyer on him regardless of whether you have a shortstop need or not. And last I checked, he was only like 65% owned, so he's 66. still out there in a lot of these. Yeah, I might be 65. Yeah, like twice. Um, uh, two guys who are barely owned. Yankees outfielder Mike Talkman, who homered today. His previous 15 games, he had an 11.59 OPS. And Austin Nola, 3% owned. Homered at Texas today. 11 straight starts. Uh, he, I don't know if he's just going to mash lefties. They face a lot of lefties lately, but that's who he's been mashing. He's, he's been playing every day. Lefties, righties. Right, yeah. He's got great numbers right second now. Base. This is Aaron Nola's yeah, I mean, brother. And he did in the minors, too. The batting average is too good to be true. I mean, it's not going to... He's not going to sustain that, but he's he's kind of interesting in a deeper league sort of way. I, he is the brother of Aaron Nola. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's not just a coincidence. that Did you say that, too? Yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Uh, 347 batting average for Austin Nola. So, like, I don't really take Talkman too seriously. I don't think there's going to be much playing time when Brett Gardner's back, which could be Friday or something. Well, how's this for a trade deadline loser? The guy I said was the most likely of any player to be traded was not. Oh, yeah. Clint Frazier. Oh, yeah. What a waste. And Talkman has kind of rendered him obsolete. Yeah, and Cameron Mabin, too. Uh, Okay, other hitters. Jesse Winker and Willie Calhoun. Both available in 60% of leagues or more. Who would you rather have, Winker or Calhoun? Calhoun, because he hasn't burned me as badly, and he's off to a nice start. Yes, he is. 899 OPS for Willie Calhoun. Winker is picking it up, and, and obviously now that the Reds can slot Van Meter at Second base, and Puig is gone. I mean, his job appears pretty safe. So, uh, Winker, Winker should be on your radar, but I would, I would pick up Calhoun ahead of him. I'm surprised that Calhoun's only 30% owned. You know, for all the like post type sleeper uh, and playing a lot, and I'm surprised. Okay, uh, here's a segment called Catchers or Hitters too. Will Smith has been awesome. He's 71% owned. He started four or five games. So that's that question's been answered, it seems. Will Smith. Roberto Jerez, uh, Perez, homer twice. He had been 5 for 41 in his previous 11 games, Roberto Perez. And Jake Rogers is off to a good start. Two good games in a row. Catcher for the Tigers, Jake Rogers. Uh, so, yeah, Will Smith, I, you got to get him if he's available. And What about Roberto Perez with his double dongs? And what about Jake Rogers? I mean, Roberto Perez's season numbers are pretty good. He got off to a terrible start in the second half. So he kind of 
uh, fell dropped out of the discussion a little bit, especially with Darno heating up and Will Smith. Uh, I'm more interested in in uh, in uh, Perez than Rogers. I, I don't have a lot of interest in Rogers. Kind of a not a particularly exciting minor league tracker record, or the, although there is some power. I, I just think I, I think there there are enough interesting options at catcher that there, you don't you don't need to make a strong play for him. Okay, and then fringy starting pitchers: Anibal Sanchez finally had that bad start. Uh, Ten hits, four runs against the Braves. He'll be at San Francisco next week. Jake Junis was okay against Toronto. Jose Arquiti was terrible. Ryan Yarbrough was not great at Boston. It's a, a tough assignment. Yeah couple home runs he he was he was due to regress some in the home runs Zach Plezak we said it not buying it not against tough competition that's what he's his next three starts after this one are, are tough and he did not pitch well against Houston and uh, Jeff Samarja it's been a pretty good story six scoreless with five uh, strikeouts of Philadelphia his previous five starts a 248 ERA and just under a strikeout per inning uh, so, yeah, what, what do you think about this group of Anibal, Junis, Urquidy, Yarbrough, Plezak, and Samarja? I find Urquidy to be the most interesting still, but he now has uh, his job security has been compromised here. That's not good. Samarja, ERA is down to 375. He pitches deep into games. I don't know. I'm not really buying it, but... I could see myself being desperate enough at pitcher that eh, that I'm taking a flyer on him <laughs> okay. reluctantly. Okay, all right. And in the bullpen, really nothing. Uh, Justin Schaefer, actually. I don't know if I mentioned him, but he got the save for Toronto. And You mentioned uh, him, Did I mention yes. him? Okay, good. I did hear that. All right. Oh, did okay. you <laughs> mention that Austin and Aaron Nola are brothers? I did. In Whoa. fact, I did, yeah. Did you mention that uh, Zach Plesak is the nephew of Dan Plesak? And then it's pronounced Plesak, not Plesak. I did, but I think it's please. Is it Plesak or Plesak? I know it's an S there, but... Which, which did I say? You said Sack. Pretty oh. sure. I am a... Sad sack when it comes to pronunciations. So. You might be right. You're probably right. It's probably please sack. And I've been saying please sack. Well, I think this means the show's over. Thanks for uh, hanging out late night here, caffeinated Scott White. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Read his column, cbsports.com slash fantasy slash baseball. And uh, we'll be back with another episode on Friday. See you later, everybody.